Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran Tayyiban mubarakan Fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna Wa yarda Ashadu an la ilaha Illa allahu wahdahu La sharika la Wa ashadu Anna muhammadan abduhu Wa rasuluh Al-Nasih Al-Amin Allahumma salli ala nabiyyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bisunnatihi ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadilatul Shaykh Al-Allama Al-Imam Imam Bin Baz Rahimahullahu Ta'ala That book which is entitled Durus Al-Muhammah Ni'amat Al-Ummah Important Lessons for the general masses of the Muslims for the Muslims Naam we are still speaking about and going over the conditions for La ilaha illallah. And as mentioned, it is incumbent and very, very important that we study these conditions because of the importance of the kalima of La ilaha illallah. It is a must that we know and we understand the conditions so that we may believe in them properly. As it has been said, or as it was said to Wahab bin Munabbih, Alaysa la ilaha illallah miftahul jannah qala bala walakin لَيْسَ مِفْتَاحٌ إِلَّا لَهُ أَسْنَانٌ فَإِنْ جِئْتَ بِمِفْتَاحٌ لَهُ أَسْنَانٌ فُتِحَ لَكَ وَإِلَّا لَمْ يُفْتَحْ لَكَ He was asked or it was said unto him Is it La ilaha illallah the key to Jannah? He responded by saying Of course but every key, but he said, however, there is not a key except that it has teeth. There is not a key except that it has teeth. And if you come with the teeth, then the door will be opened. It will be open for you. And if not, then it will not open for you. So we understand from this that the kalima of La ilaha illallah it has conditions it has guidelines in the like so in taking some time to benefit from that which is extremely and crucially beneficial unto us we have been going over the conditions of la ilaha illallah and we have reached the eight, the sixth condition 
we have reached the sixth condition, which is al inqiyad, which is compliance. Qala Fadil to Shaykh Shaykh Abdul Razak bin Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al Abad al Badr, whom Allah Ta'ala he mentions, he says, a saddest من شروطها that the sixth from the conditions or from its conditions الانقياد المنافي للترك it is a compliance which will negate an abandonment نعم that we are compliant to لا إله إلا الله in such a manner that it negates any type of abandonment of it. Naam. The Shaykh mentions well in Qiyad because this is important to know and just to further clarify and to go over. Because perhaps there are those from the listeners who will not fully understand and gather what is meant by Al Inqiyad, a compliance. Naam. What is meant by a compliance? Meaning, the Shaykh explains. A compliance, meaning, and it is, huwa al-istislam. It is a submission. Naam. That a person submits themselves to la ilaha illallah. Wa And that one humbles themselves humbles themselves to it, that which is necessitated by it, that which is required as relates to it, so on and so forth. Naam. There has to be a submission, there has to be a compliance, there has to be there has to be any uh, what would you say? Naam, that we submit ourselves to it. Uh, I can't think of any better way of expressing that at this point. Wamtithal and that is to implement and carry out the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. To implement and to carry out the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. So we're speaking about what? La ilaha illallah. So to implement and to carry out the command of Allah Azza wa Jal as relates to this, then this will mean to do what? To worship Allah and Allah alone. To worship Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Naam. As we heard in Salatul Maghrib, Allah Ta'ala statement, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ and they were not commanded except to worship Allah alone, making all of the religions sincerely unto Him. They were not commanded except to worship Allah alone, to implement and to actualize La ilaha illallah, making all of the religion, all of the religion. Sincere unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So that means that their salah was to Allah. For Allah. Their dua, their supplication was unto Allah. 
their dabh, their slaughtering was unto Allah for the sake of Allah all righteousness their charity was sincerely for Allah all of the actions of righteousness was for Allah and Allah alone rather we should say all of their religion all of their religion they did it sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the establishment this is the implementation and the actualization of la ilaha illallah to be compliant in this manner na'am la ilaha illallah so la ilaha illallah necessitates what an istislam al-abd lillah azza it necessitates and it means what? That the abd, yani ta'ni, al-istislam, al-abd lillah azza It means that the slave submits themselves to Allah azza wa jal. Al-qiyad, the the slave's compliance to Allah's legislation. This is very important because alhamdulillah we have our deen, we have our way of life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated for us. So what enters into being compliant is that we are compliant to the legislation of Allah We are compliant to the rules and the regulations of our religion. Naam. And that the slave is obedient to the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. They are they are obedient to the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. Walihada yaqul Jalla wa'ala. And due to this, Allah Jalla wa'ala, He says in His noble book, وَمَنْ يُسْلِمْ وَجْهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنْ and whoever submits his face, woman Muslim wajhahu in Allah, whoever submits his face unto Allah, and he is a muhsin. He is a muhsin, meaning he is one who implements tawheed. He is one who implements true monotheism. Naam, true monotheism. If they were to do this, then they would have grabbed, grabbed and taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold. Naam. Then they would have grabbed and taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold. This can be found in Surah Luqman, and it's verse 22. What is the most trustworthy handhold? Naam. What is the most trustworthy handhold? The ulama tafsir they say, "Ain la ilaha illallah." Then it means la ilaha illallah. Ma'am, we've heard this before. We've heard this before. In a verse which highlights and expresses the meaning for the kalima of la ilaha illallah. 
And that is that ayah that is in Surah Al-Baqarah. In his verse 256, it is the ayah after Ayatul Kursi. Does anyone know offhand and remember the ayah? There is no compulsion in religion. Very distinct path, distinct from the path of God. Now, except for those who would uh, grasp the most, the most trustworthy hand that will never break. No, nope. you're missing, you're missing a, a crucial part. Like <laughs> <laughs> missing a crucial part. Grab, grab a muscle. Grab a muscle. Sure. Because now, see, I want, I want, I want now. I want you to tell me. Two fifty-six. Yes, for those. Who are online? Feel free to write it out. Inshallah, Taala. Uh, mm. But you're right. In the first part, la ikraha There's no compulsion in the, in the religion. Verily, the guidance has been made clear from misguidance. Naam, whoever disbelieves in Tawut, Fameen Yakfur Bitawut, whoever disbelieves in the false deities, was I going to say? And believes in Allah. And believes in Allah. Now listen, stop here. This is the delayed for the meaning of La ilaha illallah. Fameen Yakfur Bitawut. Whoever disbelieves in the false deities and they believe in Allah. Because we find here a disbelief in false deities. That's a what? A negation. And a belief in Allah. The belief in Allah, this is an affirmation. Right? So, whoever disbelieves in the false deities, this is like the statement, La ilaha. Right? And believe in Allah. This is like the statement, Illallah. Same meaning. So you see how this is the meaning for La ilaha illallah. Now, if they do this, and remember we're talking about what? La ilaha illallah. This is a, this is a delil for it. Whoever does that, what's the verse going on to say? Then he has grasped the most trustworthy handhold that will never break. فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعِرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى لَنْفِصَامَ لَهَا Then they will have taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold that will not break. Now, so the shahid is that what we're not any what we're asking for is where did we hear this before? Here in this ayah. Right? So Allah Ta'ala, He says in Surah Luqman that whoever submits his face unto Allah وَهُوَ muhsin. He submits his face to Allah and he is a muhsin, meaning muhsin here means muwahid. So muhsin here, what does it mean? It means muwahid. It means one who is a monotheist, one who implements tawheed. That's what muhsin means here. Naam. So whoever submits his face to Allah, remember we're talking about what? Being compliant. What does compliant mean? That one submits. He submits to Allah. He submits to Allah's commands. He He's obedient unto Allah. This is what it means. He's compliant. He's compliant. He implements, he establishes tawheed. Whoever establishes the tawheed, he implements the tawheed. Then this person is what? He's a muhsin. He's a monotheist. He's a muwahid. He's a good doer. Yani, muhsin is a good doer, meaning muwahid, monotheist. 
He's one who implements the Tawheed. If he does this, then what we have done? فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ then he would have taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold. What is the most trustworthy handhold? La ilaha illallah. You see? So from this ayah, Allah Ta'ala, He says what? Whoever submits his face. So submitting one's face, submitting and being compliant to La ilaha illallah, is a must, is a must. Naam. So again, that which shows us the proper meaning and that which is a dalil for the proper meaning of La ilaha illallah is the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah that can be found after Ayat Al-Kursi and it's verse 256 where Allah Ta'ala says what? What's the part of the ayah? That's the proof for the meaning of La ilaha illallah. You tell me. Whoever disbelieves in Tawood and what? No, no. And? And believe in Allah. Now, whoever disbelieves in the, in the false deities and they believe in Allah. Right. This shows us the true meaning of La ilaha illallah. Because what is the true meaning of La ilaha illallah? It's what? Ah. No, no, no. I want you to, re- to, to, to to give me the expression that the ulama they mentioned. That is the meaning of La ilaha illallah. It is what? I'll I give it to you in Arabic. I want you to, maybe that'll jog the memory. La ma'buda bihaqqin illallah. None has the right to worship the truth except Allah. Ahsan. None has the right to be worshiped the truth except Allah. That is the meaning of La ilaha illallah. What's the what's the dalil? This ayah. There's a lot of adillah, but from them, this ayah. That's in two two fifty six from Surah Al-Baqarah. Naam. Two fifty six from Surah Al-Baqarah. Naam. In that ayah, Allah Ta'ala he mentions Urwatil Urwatul The most trustworthy handhold. The most trustworthy handhold is what? La ilaha illallah ahsant In Surah Luqman Allah Ta'ala He mentions وَمَنْ يُسْلِمْ وَجْهَ And whoever submits his face This portion of the ayah Points to what concept? What does this point to? Whoever submits them, their face What does that point to? It's a proof of what? Compliance, nah, sense. It is, it is a proof for compliance that we have to be compliant, nah. But Allah Taala in the ayah He says, "Wahuwa muhsin," and this person is a muhsin. He's a good doer. What does it mean that this one has done well? He's a good doer. Muhsin here means what? Nah, means he establishes tawheed. What's muwahid? Nah, means he's muwahid. He establishes tawheed. This is what muhsin means. If a person submits his face, meaning he's compliant, and he's a muhsin, he establishes tawheed. Then he would have taken hold. Then he would have taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold. What is the most trustworthy handhold in this verse? Is what? It's like a trick question. 
It's like one of those questions is so easy it becomes hard. La ilaha illallah. It's the same thing as the, as, as the most trustworthy handhold in another verse. <laughs> right? It's the same. Naam. Asensum. Asensum. So we have to be compliant. Naam. So the Shaykh he says, hey, La ilaha illallah. Meaning we have to be compliant to La ilaha illallah. Allah Ta'ala in his noble book he says, Wa anibu ila rabbikum wa aslimu lahu. And turn repetitively unto your Lord and submit yourselves unto Him. Turn repetitively unto your Lord and submit yourselves unto Him. This can be found, this is ayah in Surah Az Zumar in its verse 54. Now I'm 54. Right. And turn repetitively unto your Lord and submit yourselves unto Him. What portion of this verse points to compliance? Now and submitting to him because compliance means what to submit, right? Because compliance means what to submit, and here we're talking about submitting to La ilaha illallah. Here we're talking about submitting to the commands of Allah and at the head of the commands of Allah is to establish tawheed. Now it's to establish tawheed. But, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, So submit yourselves, be compliant, and act out, put into practice. La ilaha illallah. فَأَهْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ حَقٌ So the people of La ilaha illallah in reality, those who are the people of La ilaha illallah in truth, it is, it is who? Men men يَسْتَسْلِمُونَ لِلَّهِ انْقِيَادًا وَطَوَاعِيَّةً وَامْتِثَالًا لِأَوَامِرِهِ جَلَّ وَعْنَا So those who are the true people of La ilaha illallah, then they are those who submit themselves unto Allah with compliance, with a full submission and humility, and they carry out the commands of Allah Azza wa Jal. These are the ones who truly submit themselves to La ilaha illallah. When we listen and we hear it from this standpoint, right? When we listen and we hear it from this standpoint, there's a lot of things that jump out at us, a lot of concepts, right? That jump out at us. But one of the, one of the things that should be very uh, obvious and overwhelmingly obvious is that what? is that practicing the religion is not an option, right? Practicing the religion is not an option. And that's something that's very important for us to understand, especially because we live in the lands of the Kufar, right? And we understand it's a struggle. It's a struggle, it is. For everyone, it's a struggle. And anyone who says it's not a struggle is... is Living in a fantasy is delusional. It's a struggle to do right living in America. Let's just be real about the situation. It's a struggle for everybody. Because the society is calling you to do what's wrong. They're glamorizing what is wrong. They're glamorizing an Islamic behavior and character and characteristics. They glamorize that. Now, 
The society fights us, makes it difficult for us to do what's right. Right or wrong, we had to fight for our rights. Right? We have to fight and struggle to do the basics. Correct? This is the society. Let's 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 think about this. Let's think about this. And I really want everyone to pay very close attention. Let's think about this right now. We live in a society that it becomes and we speak it generally, right? We have exceptions to the rules. We know this. We have exceptions to the rules. But we're talking generally. Generally. For the men. For the men. It is wedge it upon us to pray five times a day in where? The masjid. Now, it's obligatory on all Muslims to pray five times a day. But for the males, for the men, for the men folk, five times a day in the masjid. You with me? Okay, brothers. What's the first thing we're going to be questioned about on the day of judgment? The salat. We're going to put everything into perspective now. What's the first thing that we're going to be questioned about on the day of judgment? The prayer. And we're supposed to be praying five times a day where? In the massage. Living here in this country as men, generally speaking. Is that something that we can easily pull off? Is that something that is generally pulled off? No. It is not. Why? At work. You're at work, right? What's up with Vuhur? Asr? What's the problem? Work. Fajr? What's the problem? Work. Because you got to leave early, right? Right? Some, some jobs, you have to start when it's Fajr. So you're praying Fajr where? You're praying it, alhamdulillah. But where are you praying it at? Work. Some brothers got to pray at the rest stop. Because they got to leave before Fajr. Fajr come in, they got to rest stop. They stop at the rest stop, they pray outside, get back in the car, and then ride on to work. Correct? But this society helping us? Or is it fighting us? Right? Okay, back to the salah. Men, Jumu'ah, wajib upon what? The men, correct? Right. Your boss just give you off for Jumu'ah like that? Or you got to fight for it? You got to go, fight for it. There have been, they've been individuals, look, let's not talk no theory. I, I have lost out on job opportunities because they didn't want to give me Jumu'ah. Straight up. They wasn't foolish enough to say we're not going to hire you because we ain't going to give you off for Juma. They ain't they not foolish enough to say that. They scared of, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? So they not foolish enough to say that. But it was clear that schedule really doesn't work for us. We hear what you're saying? We don't discriminate against no applicants. We don't discriminate against no candidate. That's what they're saying. 
But that type of schedule is really not what we're looking for right now. We're going to consider you and get back to you with our final decision. Needless to say, plenty of jobs I didn't get. Right? Now everybody can talk their own story. I'm telling you from my own personal experience. Plenty of jobs I did not get. Because they didn't want to give me off for Jumwa. That society helping me was hurting me. Hurting me. And then it's been a, it's been it's been a few jobs that are give me off for Jumwa. But then somewhere along the line, they fight me over it. They fight me over it. Can you go a little bit late this Friday? No. No, I cannot. Maybe, maybe can you stay and miss this one? No, I, I, I will not. I will not. But they try to pull it. They try to pull it. Oh, we scheduled you to work this Friday at this time. This is Juma. You know how to work on Friday this time. Yeah, I know, but it's a really big, you know, important thing. Hey, I don't care how important it is. It's not more important than what I got to do. I'm not going to be here. They fight you. Okay, what about the aid? They just give you off of the aid or you got to go fight for it? You understand what I'm saying? So let's just be real about it. This society don't help us be good Muslims. They don't help us and aid us upon what is the basics. Now, add that unto all the stuff they calling us away, calling us to do from Haram. They call us to so much from the Haram. Correct? Is music halal or haram? Music is haram, right? Okay, can you go into a store in America that's not playing music? You can't even get groceries, you can't even get oranges and apples and, 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 and bananas without listening to some nonsense. You In the elevator, come on, you can't even go from floor to floor without being forced in a metal box to hear some nonsense. You can't even escape. You understand what I'm saying? So it is difficult to hold on to the religion here in this, in this land. Not to mention all the shirk stuff that they're calling you to. Magic is shirk, correct? Correct? Right. How many children's stories dealing with magic? Basically. Correct? What's the one with the slipper? I forget now. It's escaped me right now. The one with the Cinderella. Magic in it, right? Fairy God, whatever. Correct? Magic. The, the sleep, the one that ate the apple. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Magic, correct? Come on. Aladdin. Magic, correct? Harry Potter. Magic, correct? And this is stuff that's being marketed to children. Is it not shirk? But to, but, 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 but to be a person of a tawheed, we got to implement the tawheed. To be a person of la ilaha Allah, we got to implement la ilaha Allah. They're calling our children to shirk early. They're calling us to shirk. Because it's not like adults don't be watching Harry Potter and all that, you know, whatever. Huh? Reading the books, books as thick as I don't know what. They read the whole book of Harry Potter, never read Riyadh al-Salahin. SubhanAllah. They read the whole Twilight series, but they never read Bukhari. Never read Baluq al-Murah. Never even read the whole Quran from cover to cover. Ever. Man, talking about this in Ramadan, ever in life. But they read this stuff. 
So these things, and this is what is important, right? Because we trying to survive, man. That's the reality. We studying this stuff because we want survival. We want survival in this dunya. We want survival in the akhirah. We don't want to be from those people who's in the hellfire. That's not survival. You understand? We want. We trying to survive. We trying to survive. So these classes, I don't want people to walk away from this like it's all theoretical. This is all theoretical stuff. We're just talking in theory. But then how does it translate into your day-to-day life? That's what I want you to be looking at all the time. When you're looking at yani, uh, the lessons, you're sitting in lessons, you're sitting in lectures, you're sitting in the khutbah, you know, sermons and so on and so forth. You're reading through the books, you're reading through the hadith, the, the Quran. How does that translate into your life? What does it translate into? Because that's how you know if you benefit, if it translates into your life. Because the purpose of seeking knowledge is to implement the knowledge. It's not just to say, oh, I know something. It's to implement it. It's to live by it. That's how you benefit from it. You put it into practice. You understand what I'm saying? How many times that we have gone over these things? We put them into practice. Unfortunately, a lot of times there's a disconnection. We don't see the connection between what we're reading and our day-to-day life. We don't see it. You know how I know that? Because a person, how many of the Muslims will sit into classes talking about Tawheed, the, yani, the meaning of La ilaha illallah, yani, and yeah, the conditions of La ilaha illallah, so on and so forth, but have seen every Harry Potter movie. Have seen uh, the Lord of the Rings, every movie have read the novels for these things that have come from books. So what did you benefit? What did you benefit? If you learned about Tawheed, you know understand what Tawheed is and so on and so forth, and then you find entertainment and shirk. What did you benefit? And we ain't talking about Ahl al-Bid'ah. I'm talking about the Salafis. Don't act like Salafis ain't watching TV. Let's just be real. Don't act like they ain't watching movies. Let's be real. You mean to tell me they're watching movies that's devoid of shirk? That's devoid of... Come on. What are we doing? Really, what are we doing? The Shaykh Hafidullah Ta'ala, Shaykh Abdul Razak, he goes on to mention the seventh condition of La ilaha illallah. The Shaykh mentions, he says, As-Sabi' min shurutiha al-qabool al-munafi lil-rad He says that it's an, uh, an acceptance that negates a rejection. Right? Because the benefit from la ilaha illallah, we have to accept it. Because if we reject it, even though we know what it means and so on and so forth, then it will not benefit us. But we have to accept it. Al-Qubur, the Shaykh mentions that acceptance, a nihadihid kalima, that we accept this kalima. We accept la ilaha illallah. Walima taqtadihi min tawheedillah azza wa jal wa ikhlas al-deen lahu. And that we accept that which is necessitated from a tawheed that which is necessitated by a tawheed for Allah Azza wa Jal singing out Allah alone and making all of our religion sincerely unto Allah making all of our religion sincerely unto Allah 
I, I want you just to contemplate on that for a quick second. Making all of the religions sincere unto Allah. When it comes to religious affairs, ma'am, this could enter into other than that, but let's just focus on this for now, right? To, to keep it simple. When it comes to religious affairs, religious affairs, is Allah and pleasing Allah our top priority? That's a question we have to answer ourselves. Now, when it comes to religious affairs, religious affairs, things dealing with the deen, is Allah our main concern? Naam, don't you think about that? Don't you think about that? When it comes to establishing this or staying away from that, is Allah our main concern? When it comes to taking a position, is Allah our main concern? Naam, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. When it comes to the affairs of Jarh wa Ta'deed, is Allah our main concern? When it comes to the issues of praising and disparagement, so on and so forth, is Allah our main concern? You understand? Because this whole bab of Jarh wa Ta'deed is for what? The protection and safeguarding of the religion. Why? Because Allah is our main concern. So when we warn against the when we warn against the, the innovator, right? We're doing this seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? To safeguard Allah Ta'ala's deen from the bid'ah that the mubtadir is pushing. Correct? So what is our main concern? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's our main concern. This person is coming with bid'ah, distortion of the religion, so on and so forth. So we warn against his distortion, and we warn against the person that's, a, that, 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 that's propagating the distortion. We warn against the one that's carrying that distortion, the one that's carrying that innovation. We warn against him, because that's how, huh? Because Allah is our main concern, because we safeguard in the religion. We strive in a safeguard the religion and show the people what is the truth, and, and make distinct what is the falsehood, and the who are the people of falsehood. That's the way it should be. Right, but is that the way it is day in and day out with a lot of people? No, it's not. I'm not going to sit here in front, I'm not going to sit here and lie or propagate a lie or a misconception of, or, 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 or something which is false, a fallacy. No way, that's not people's main concern. How many people take positions against other people? Why? Because they want to fit in. Why? Because they don't want that crowd turning their tongues against them. So they'll go along with falsehood because they don't want to stand out. Is Allah their main concern? No. They're more worried about what this lot going to say about them than having to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and now explain themselves why they took that position. See? La ilaha illallah. If you think that is not that which is supposed to change your life for the better, then you don't understand. You don't understand. It's supposed to change your life for the better, period. Okay? So making all of the religions sincere unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I want you to ask yourself, where are you with that? You understand what I'm saying? Because the salaf, what, 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 what kind of statements we get from the salaf? There was never the treatment of anything that was more severe upon me than my intention. 
Why? Because they used to strive to make sure their intention was pure. They used to strive to make sure their intention was pure and fight and battle themselves to make sure that their, their, their intention was pure, to make sure that they were doing everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That requires great effort. If you think that it'll come just because and by default, then you are mistaken. You are fooled. Shaytan has duped you, deceived you, bamboozled you. Because he got you destroying yourself thinking you're doing right. You have to look at your intention. You have to interrogate yourself. You have to question yourself to make sure that you're doing what you're doing for the sake of Allah. That your religion, that you're, that you're deen, your way of life is sincere unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I want you to have that on your mind. Are you doing what you're doing sincere for Allah? Is all of your religion sincere for Allah? That's the question. Is all of your religion sincere for Allah? Because that's the question we got to battle ourselves with until the battle is over. And the battle is over when, when it's death. When we dead. That's what we got to battle. To make sure that all of the deen is sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if we're not going to do that, then what's the point of studying? Might as well close the books and just stop, man. What's the point? What's the point of going over this? If we're not going to strive to make all of our religion sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the point? What's the point? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says as it relates to the affair of the polytheist Those polytheists, the, the kuffar of Mecca The polytheists of Mecca, the idol worshippers They knew what the meaning of La ilaha illallah was They knew it, they knew what it meant they knew what it meant, they knew what it pointed to, they knew what it necessitated by it, they knew all of that, but it did not benefit them. And this is, and this is the point I'm trying to make, the, the, the mere knowledge of something is not going to benefit us, it's not going to benefit us if we don't bring all of the conditions of lying and Allah, we don't bring all the conditions and we don't submit ourselves and we don't accept it, so on and so forth, it's not going to benefit us. Allah Ta'ala, He tells us about the polytheists. إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ That when it was said unto them, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ They became arrogant. They became prideful. Huh? They rejected it out of haughtiness, arrogance, pridefulness. وَيَقُولُونَ And they said, what shows it, and it's this, yani what Allah Ta'ala tells us about them, it shows us what, that they understood what it meant. وَيَقُلُونَ And they said, They said, should we leave all of our gods for a mad poet? Which, which shows that what they understood what it meant and what was necessitated by it. That when you say, La ilaha illallah, then there is no ibadah to anything except Allah. There is no worship to anything except Allah. So they understood what it meant. That if they said it, they had to leave all their false deities. So they said, are we going to leave all of our deities for a mad poet? They knew what it meant. And they rejected it. So therefore what? It didn't benefit them. The kufar. So in order for us to benefit from la ilaha illallah, then we have to accept it. And this in these, in these uh, 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 ayat could be found in Surah al safat verse 35 and 36. 35 and 36 from Surah Al-Safat. And in that is a proof that we have to accept it. And if we don't accept it, it will not benefit us. 
فذكر من حالهم the Shaykh mentions حفظه الله تعالى so Allah mentioned from their situation and from their state أنهم أبوا أن يقول أن يقولوا لا إله إلا الله that they refuse they refuse to say لا إله إلا الله وَإِنْ يَقْبَلُوا هَذِهِ الْكَلِمَةِ And they refuse to accept this kalima. وَمَا دَلَّتْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ تَوْحِيدِ اللَّهِ And that which, points, that which it points to. From the tawheed of Allah, وَإِخْلَاسُ الدِّينَ لَهُ And making all of the religions sincerely unto Allah. They refused this. They refused it. So them knowing what it meant didn't help them. Why? Because they didn't accept it. They rejected it, so it didn't benefit them. So if we want to benefit from La ilaha illallah, then we have to, we have to accept it. And then the Shaykh Taala he goes on to the eighth, right? But um, we're gonna leave that to the next class because to mention it now will make this class a lot longer than what was um, anticipated. So we're going to suffice with Nilahi Ta'ala as uh, the saying it goes Khayrun Kalam, Makalla Wadal, La Tutil, Fayumal. The best speech is that which is short and to the point. Don't be long winded because then people get bored. Fa Aktafi, Bihad al Qadr, Wasai Salam ala Nabina Muhammad, Wa'ana Alihi, Wasah Bihi Ajma'in, Wa Jazakumullahu Khayrun.